Welcome to Archery Country Podcast. Welcome back to Archery Country Podcast. This is your host, Wade, as we are rocking and rolling right here in the mid of the season. A long-awaited podcast earlier this year. We did one with Chris Derrick from Sitka. And I told everybody on air, and I also told Chris, I said, I'm going to call you sometime in the end of September, October, and we're going to visit again 100% whitetail clothing. Today is what we're hooking up. So on the line, I got Chris Derrick. He is the product line manager for Sitka out of Bozeman, Montana. I also have the store manager here in Rogers, Mr. Dan Block, and Jack Opatz are sitting in. How is everybody doing today? Phenomenal. Doing well. Doing awesome. I like the phenomenal. It yeah, works good. That's, that's here. Yeah, crisp, crisp morning today, but uh, going to be hot. This, I think this in Minnesota, we're in central Minnesota for you listeners that don't know. This is the last warm day. Of the Thank year. God. Yeah. Uh, Chris, how's the weather been out in Montana? Warmer than normal. Uh, it seems like we've normally got several freezing days in the snow, and this year I have not had one bit of snow or uh in any below freezing days which is totally crazy for montana (laughs) yeah we uh and i assume i'm assuming you guys are dry we're drier than a popcorn fart here and it's it has been a long time since we could walk across slough bottoms and get to where and we have guys that are already hunting because it's dry and it's cold deer up on their feet moving uh not not like I wouldn't say crazy, would you, Jack? You've been out, you know, probably five, six times. Oh, but they're starting for sure. <clears throat> they're doing that, Chris. So, if you wouldn't mind, uh, we have a little history on you beforehand, but let's just refresh in everybody's mind, kind of where you came from. Uh, you've done some awesome, awesome deals with Sitka, and we're glad to have you on. But if you wouldn't mind, just to you know, I know you're from southeastern United States, and then moved out to the west. And been uh, kind of your the whitetail enthusiast, if you don't mind. Yeah, that's uh, specifically what I was brought on uh, board at uh, Sitka Gear to work on. So yes, you're you're right. I, I grew up hunting whitetails and turkeys, um, and you know it's been a very very big uh, passion of mine for a long time. And um, uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, come across when they were looking for. Uh, a, uh, a someone to run our whitetail category. So the way that we're broken up at, at Sika uh, Gear currently is we have somebody in charge of uh, waterfowl, uh, somebody in charge of big game like Western big game, and then somebody in charge of um, uh, whitetail from a hunting standpoint. So the the gear is specifically designed often for those purposes, and so that's what I was brought on board to do. And then I also delve in. Uh, with my buddy uh, Jim, and we split up the turkey category as well. I have to say, for those of you that are listening that are YouTube junkies like I am, uh, Sitka has a phenomenal YouTube, there's that word again, phenomenal YouTube uh, channel, but also, you know, we've gotten a chance to see you on, like, the guys from Black Ovis and their product line. Um, We wanted to wait until the 1st of October here because we finally got almost everything in that's new from you guys. Uh, we've had a really good turnaround on the ambient. And as we go through the jet stream has actually been a jacket that you guys have had for quite a few years, but now offering it an elevated two. Um, if you wouldn't mind Chris and then also Dan and Jack, where, what is it? So when people say Sitka, 
Um, the first thing that comes to mind, and again, I'm quote air quotes here, but high end clothing. But the, the quote from Sitka is turning clothing into gear. But let's break down the camel pattern. Especially in the whitetail, we have what we call optifade elevated to. If you wouldn't elaborate a little bit on why that pattern looks like it looks, the colors, the contrast, the digital, you know, where, where, where did that idea come from? Well, uh, a lot of those were, it was um, uh, developed by a group uh, and, and they were really taking a look into the way that uh, micros and macros. So uh, we're all working uh, from a, from a signature management standpoint. And um, so that was really the approach. It was, it was really the original camo pattern that came along and successfully went away from the, the twig and leaf or the mimicry style um, uh, patterns. You'll, you'll see a lot more people doing those, uh, that kind of theme today. Uh, but, uh, you know, when, when elevated was developed, you know, it was more or less trying to not, uh, take into, uh, account what the, uh, person was seeing, but more what, uh, the actual animal was seeing. So, and, and also the angle of engagement, uh, it's probably the most specific in the whitetail, uh, standpoint, because when you take a look at it, they're typically going to be looking up into you, uh, you know, from the ground while you're in an elevated position, you know, 12 to 25, 30 feet, depending on how high, uh, some people go for, for some of their sets. And so really take into account, uh, what the animal is going to be seeing. So that's what elevated was, uh, developed for. There are some waterfowl uh, patterns that, you know, are developed more for like, uh, maybe, uh, you know, a, a, a duck coming into a flooded timber situation. A lot of times you're going to be standing at water or if you're going to be in a, you know, in a crop field, uh, or a marsh situation, you know, that that's what, um, marsh and, uh, timber were created for. And then there's, there's some big game patterns that blend a little bit more with whitetail, but there's like open country, which is, you know, long range, uh, a lot of antelope or sheep hunting, uh, and then subalpine, which is a, a pretty versatile pattern. Uh, when, when you take a look at, uh, uh, you know, with some more greens and, and yellows and, and, and even though the deer can't see it, but looking at the, the, you know, the light management property properties of what you're, you're sitting in, in those environments. And you brought this up last time and I really kind of, I took it in and, and learned from it. When you look at a deer, we've all been sitting in a stand, right? And a doe may or may not, or a buck may or may not that know that something's up where they see some movement. But when they look at you, deer the way that their eyes sit in their head and being only 36 to 48 inches off the ground they look in a lateral their their peripheral and their their pupils are a lateral line so you've seen a deer or a doe especially a look up and then like tuck her head and look down and she's looking side to side and up and down yeah so when you look at the elevated two pattern and the, the when we look at lateral lines and the digital effect and it's really designed for being elevated, hence the name elevated too. The it did it graduate? What was the original that dark pattern? Forest. Forest. Did it originate from the forest, or does it have any ties with that? It does. Uh, I, I don't think the prop, the types of of patterns that you're taking, uh, for the most part, um, you know, when you're looking at micros and macros, uh, when you, when you start changing those, then you're starting to look in like contrast with you know whether or not you're turning up like the, more of the macro 
and dialing that uh, versus the, the micro patterns. And, and, you know, from what a, a deer that I understand can see, you know, those macros really come into play in brain because they're not going to see the world in the same clarity. They actually get their um, visual acuity. And this is, this is stuff that I've learned from Dr. Carl Miller, who I've spent a lot of time, uh, you know, looking into this stuff. And he, you know, he spent 40 plus years, you know, studying deer at the University of York. And, you know, they're going to get their visual clarity by, by movement. And so that, that's what really what you were focusing on. And, and that lateral line that you're talking about and their eye, you know, that's that you're moving across that uh, band. If you actually look at, uh, you know, how their eye is construction, constructed, ours more is a focal point. There is a lateral line. And typically when they're moving their head, uh, we believe they're trying to move you across that lateral line to get clarity. So hold still. Right. <laughs> hold still. Yeah. Are, are you guys as dumb as I am? Like when you have a deer that pegged you, you don't try to look them in the eye. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, look at like a leaf, like five feet away. Right. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do right, with it. But right. it's like, Oh, don't look, right. don't look. Maybe she won't bust me. Um, Chris, we, we have more and more customers every year graduating to the Sitka line. I, I truly believe I was not a Sitka user when I first started with Archer country. And then after doing the research and talking to your guys, we also have a very, very cool rep that uh, Old Dave, Dave yeah. Yeah, big Dave, he, uh, he's very good at what he does. And um, if you could, without getting like too nerdy, we say turning clothing into gear. Sitka is, it's modeled after, you know, a layering system, having specific items for specific times of the day of the year. If you want mind just a little bit on, you know, we, we have our underlayment system and, and like the fanatic hoodies and, and items like that. Where am I going down the right road, Chris? Is that? Uh, that is correct. And, and, and when we're talking about the, you know, that turning clothing into gear, you know, a lot of times we typically, uh, I try and take a look at what the user's going to be experiencing and then solving those problems. And it may just be even little tweaks uh, you know, in, inside of this setup, but, you know, essentially a, a great example of this is, is, uh, the constant connect safety harness port that I've, you know, integrated into a lot of, uh, of our outerwear. And this becomes more important as you go, uh, further out from the system. Uh, typically, uh, for a lot of times, even if you're a big saddle hunter and you're doing mobile, there's going to be times of the year that I'm going to be running, uh, you know, a, tr a traditional shoulder mounted safety harness tether. And in order to put a jacket on, um, you're going to need, uh, to be able to, uh, you know, don and doff that jacket, uh, or take it on and take it off still staying connected to the tree stand. So I, I, I know somebody that has fallen out of the tree stand, broke, broken their neck. I've definitely had a couple of close calls in my, in my time, uh, out in the, in the stand. And, and it's usually when I'm either getting in or out, or if I'm moving, uh, is, is when you might have a mistake that you make. Um, and so, uh, you know, trying to be able to allow the user to be able to take on and off their jacket, but not have it interfere with that tether and stay connected to the tree stand the entire time. And, uh, and so that's, that's one of the things that, um, I worked on developing and that's, 
now made its way into both the Stratus and, and uh, Fanatic uh, families. So with that being said, there's some new additions to Sitka's Whitetail line, or new additions in general that we go through. Um, probably one of the coolest things that we've seen right away um, this year was the Traverse hoodie and also the Traverse bib and the Traverse jacket. The Traverse hoodie obviously has a hood with the built-in face mask, a uh, very sleek kind of performance look to it. The Traverse bib I haven't got my hands on yet, but I'm assuming that it's uh, <clears throat> kind of, it's a, if you could explain the differences or why the Traverse came about, and then we'll jump right into the, the ambient that's come out, kind of following that up. Yeah, um, the Traverse family is, has actually merged a lot of different uh, product families that maybe didn't need to be quite as specialized. So there's certain times that um, there, there's gear that is going to need to be very, very, very specific to the pursuit, and there's other times that maybe certain pieces aren't. So these are you know proven textiles that we've been able to move into uh, fully recycled too as well. Um, so they're they're coming from uh, recycled materials. Um, so you'll see a lot of stuff that was in gradient families, the old Traverse family, and maybe like the Equinox hoodie. Uh, those have come together in, in one uh, product line. Um, so if you're looking for something that basically is non-maybe windstopper, but is, is going to get you through a good chunk of the season, um, the Traverse it has a lot of great pieces inside of there that would allow you to build either an initial kit inside uh, Sitka for getting through mid-season, I would say, and then maybe being able to add some additional pieces to your kit later on uh, to be able to get you through some of the later season hunts. Um, but it's a, it's a great starting point. Or if you're just looking to add uh, maybe one or two pieces to your kit, if you're already built out, uh, there's usually a, you know an item or two that you might be able to grab. Uh, one of the things when we talked about the Traverse bib, that you're talking about, maybe the Traverse jacket. Um, a lot of people maybe remember the Fanatic Light uh, family. Um, and, you know, a lot of the feedback we were getting on that particular product was it was nearly costing as much as the Stratus, but it didn't have Windstopper. And um, so what we were able to do is basically create a, you know, a bib that's roughly in the $250 range has uh, some really improved warmth over the old Fanatic light bib, um, and it is exceptionally quiet. And And uh, we even made it like where it's, if you look on one side of the, the, the bib, there's actually going to be four zipper heads. So uh, the one thing that's designed with that is there's no center front zipper in a bib. And if you've ever put on a bib uh, without having an opening towards the top or a center front zip, I consider it like the sachet where you got to kind of like sachet yourself into the bib. Uh, these you can slide, uh, you know, the heads of the zippers and open up the lower leg um, all the way to the, the user's hip. It's easy to get in and out of. Then you can close those up and then you can open up uh, that one side uh, and be able to vent. And then the other side has like a, a traditional um a zipper head that allows you just to vent along the hip there as well. So it gives you some, uh, some it gives you that nice uh, kangaroo pocket in the front where you can touch your hands and keep them warmer, uh, but then also allows you to get in and out of the bib way easier. So those are the little details that we're just trying to uh, think through on improving the product from its original form. Guys, have you, uh, Jack, I know you own one. Dan, have you tried the ambient hoodie yet? 
I know you were on a bear hunt. I was actually wearing, wearing a Equinox guard. Were you? Yeah. Uh, okay. Warm up. Mosquitoes. Yeah. Um, I, it's been a long time. Well, I shouldn't say long. It's been a year or two since I said, man, they, they designed something that I like. And Jack, you were actually the one that turned me on to this. I'm, I'm a fanatic hoodie Stratus. I used to like the Celsius midi. Like that was my kind of my go-to setup, especially for this time of year. But then you guys went ahead and said, well, here's an ambient hoodie. And not being a scientist, not understanding what was going on, I was like, oh, this is a cool piece of clothing, you know. But then I wore it uh, one of the only couple times I've been out. And it is a badass hoodie. Um, we don't have the jacket in yet, but I got to ask you, Chris, like what is Prima Loft? And then what is this, you know, active insulation? Like where'd the ambient hoodie, what is it? Yeah, so uh, you're you're spot on with uh, with you know I think you had mentioned uh, wearing the Celsius midi before. Uh, this is really going to be replacing a that mid layer lofted insulation. So Prima Loft is a uh, they provide uh, exceptional insulations, and typically they're going to be lofted insulation. So when you look at the construction of a lofted insulation jacket or or what people refer to as a, a puffy jacket, you're usually going to have a face fabric uh, that's, you know, the exterior of the garment. And then you're going to have a interior liner. Uh, so that's basically just a, a, some sort of a drop lining that gets sewn in. And then in between or sandwiched between those two layers is going to be a lofted insulation. So, you know, if you've ever cut open a jacket, you can either see like a down or you can see some sort of a synthetic insulation. Usually it's going to be colored white. And it, it's just going to be able to add uh, either through construction or thickness some sort of um, clo value or insulation value. And when you – so the, the unique thing about the ambient jacket is that interior layer of the garment and the insulation are both basically combined into one. So now instead of having to put an additional layer like a drop liner inside of the jacket, both the insulation – uh, itself is both the, is the loft and it is the liner itself. So it's, it's constructed in a certain way. You'll see it. It kind of looks like kind of a meshy lofted insulation. Um, and what's really great about that is, is it does provide some, some real, uh, great warmth when you're sitting still, but then when you're moving and you're active, uh, that's why we refer to it as active insulation. It does a great job of breathing. And typically, when you look at drop liners and jackets, they're they're actually usually the least breathable portion of the jacket. So, um, guys, I think we're going to turn this podcast, because if I let Derek go on and on and on, <clears throat> things get very detailed. But we had a lot of customer requests about what do you wear? Like, what is your favorite product? Why? And Chris, what we're going to do is kind of a crossfire situation. Um, we'll explain kind of, we're going to hit you with some questions on, you know, like today I'm going to paint a picture of what today is and then you dress me more or less. Um, Jack has got <clears throat> pretty good line. Dan's been here the longest. He's got a really good line of clothing. <clears throat> Figure out what kind of your favorite item is. And then Chris, if you wouldn't mind telling us, you know, why, that's our favorite item or what the benefits of that are. Uh, Jack, I guess we're 
what we'll start with you what what is your your go-to item from sitka can be late season can be right now can be early season what's your favorite line of clothing or what's your favorite jacket or bib or or it could be under lament whatever you want favorite line is definitely the stratus i wear that the most you know coming from early mornings um you get that cooler weather in september even to all the way through October for the most part. I'm a big fan of the Stratus. Layering, I love the Fanatic hoodie. Um, I always have that on, no matter what. It's got that face mask and just very versatile. So your Fanatic hoodie is everything, unless it's 75, 80 degrees. Are you wearing that still, or do you go? Well. Depends. We don't get a lot of, we don't get a lot of 80 degree days in our hunting season, but. Right. So on the Stratus, that's a word, that's a, that's a phenomenal piece, a jacket, a bib, a pant. Why is the Stratus so sought after, Chris? Well, I think uh, due to its versatility, uh, I, that's, that I would say is the number one piece in a kit that if anyone's going to turn around and, and get uh, something in that line, typically I'll, I'll, I'll tell them to get the, the Stratus jacket as long as they've got some good face layers or foundation to be able to get there because it's wind stopper. It's, it's, uh, you know, relatively quiet. So it's, it's got a, you know, a soft fleece exterior. Uh, it's going to have the gore wind stopper laminate on the inside and then a, uh, a fleece interior. So when things are starting to cool down a little bit, uh, the stratus is great for that. And then as you go throughout the season, if you need to add additional insulation under it, uh, it allows you to get pretty far down. Like I can get into the teams with the Stratus with, um, with, uh, proper insulation under it. Um, uh, so I, I think there's a lot of versatility inside that line. And that's, that's why it just allows you to, to, to make, you know, small tweaks to your system to be able to make big changes and, and where you're sitting, uh, from a comfort standpoint. Daniel, what's your go-to? Exact same as Jack. Definitely Stratus. Stratus with a Fanatic hoodie. Um, if I had to pick something different, I would definitely agree with, like I said, everything that Jack said, but incinerator hat and also incinerator muff. The incinerator hat. Uh, yeah. The, hey, kind of, I, I've seen some selfies with you with this on. <laughs> um, it's, it's like a, it's, it's, it's a cool, warm. it's, you're not going to win a modeling competition with this, but it serves a purpose. Oh yeah. Uh, that has Berber fleece in mm-hmm. it. Is that right, Chris? Oh, for the, uh, that's inside the Fanatic. Insanerator uh, no, GTX hat. Oh, yes, yes. On the inside of that, yes. I, 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 that material, all I can know is it's the same material that, that goes inside like the, a lot of like our hand muffs or the hand muffs. And I just basically refer to it as heavenly material. It's so <laughs> soft and warm. It's so warm. That, uh, it, yeah, uh, whenever you're using it, it's just it just um, it, it just feels really nice. And then the brim on that hat is also pretty nice, especially as the sun's setting. If you wind up in a situation facing into the sun, you know, uh, for that last little bit when it gets toward t- towards the horizon, or if it's if it's snowing, keeping things from dripping in your eyes. I honestly wear that until March ice fishing. That's, yeah, that's I awesome. was So for those of you that don't know, Dan. Um, it can be 85 in the shop here and he's cold. So I can about imagine when you're hunting, you're going to be dressed pretty warm 
or is that you is your body change i my body kind of changes yeah. <laughs> i don't know he's cold-blooded when he's in the but shop the, that's yeah. what it is <clears throat> i have to say um i i like the stratus of fanatic hoodie yes obviously we're not going to play copycat but my my favorite do everything it has to be a little chill in the air is Jetstream. And when you guys made it an elevated two, that jacket, I think, is, like you say, I can wear it almost all year with the proper layering system. The Fanatic jacket mm-hmm. is the most, I think, for an archer, for a bow hunter, is a definite must. <clears throat> You're not going to wear it, you know, all the time, obviously. I'll give you, I'll, I'll paint you a picture. So let's say this weekend it's going to be, what'd you say, 40s? Like yeah, in the morning, highs, and, yeah. it's supposed to be, I think, 48 for highs and lows. So you really don't need the Fanatic jacket, but this is what I do. Like I'll put on my Fanatic hoodie and my Stratus vest and then let's say Stratus pants. And then I walk to my stand. Mm-hmm. Once I get in the stand and I calm down and everything's done, I'll take my vest off and I'll put my Fanatic jacket on over my hoodie <clears throat> and I can sit there comfortably until midday oh, if I need yeah, to. Yeah, for the next couple of weeks yeah. in the mornings, it's not. And what I love it. about that jacket is for an archer, they do have some left-handed, but mostly right-handed is what we have in the shop. It's, and Chris, you can kind of elaborate on this on the Fanatic jacket, but where our bow arm is, the, the, the arm that's connected to your bow is not the fleece pattern. It's a, what do you call that material? How do you call that sew job? Oh, the, the Berber material that's on the outside, but as in we have a smooth face yeah. material that it has less loss. So if you ever, so this is a great example on it. I, the reason it's like fresh in my mind, my, my daughters, uh, we just got her a new bow and she's starting to learn archery herself. And you see this, I'm sure you, you all see this in the shop, especially with new users. They tend to roll their elbow in towards uh, the, towards the strings and they, they often allow the string to contact their forearm. Mm-hmm. Um, and this becomes even for experienced archers. I feel like as you start to add more layers, more starts to get in the way and, and increases the chance that you might get string slap. Um, and so, uh, you know, that just, uh, is taking a look at if you're, you're shooting, how can you minimize the chance that, you know, and uh, before your arrow is able to leave, uh, the string that it's not contacting any side of any apparel. Uh, and so we, we tried to look through the mapping and then also on your, your draw arm, or if you're shooting a, a firearm, uh, when you go into your trigger standpoint, this is whether or not it's, it's archery or, or gun, they're usually bulk right on the inside of your elbow. So you'll see that's mapped in a specific way to take bulk out of on your, on your release arm or your trigger arm. Uh, so those are, those are some great features that are built inside, uh, the fanatic from a mapping standpoint. So, and another feature that I like about it, especially when you wear bulky clothing and it's not really bulky, but a, a bigger, warmer jacket is when you draw your draw arm, you're, you're very, very acute on your, what we're talking forearm to bicep that angle. And it's also got that material there where you can actually bend and play with it. But another thing, the cross zip, especially if you get caught where you have to shoot across your body and sitting is where you see this most of the time. Not having a zipper that goes straight down, 
having a cross zip and then the collar system you can zip all the way up to about you know your mid chin on some folks <clears throat> but i have a grunt call i can run in that tube it's got a little vented spot so you could actually leave your grunt call there a range finder but the biggest thing i do not wear heavy gloves ever unless you know walking to and from but i wear a light glove and i can put a couple hand warmers in the built-in muff in the front stick it in there and my hands are never ever cold even if you didn't have a hand warmer you can you can utilize it by touching your hands and keeping that so that would be probably my favorite jacket um besides the jet stream jet stream's just cool as it gets but chris if you're ready we're going to fire some scenarios at you, and you you dress us. We don't have any fantastic music for this, or what do you wear, I guess, uh, slogan. But we're going we're gonna to shoot a scenario at you, and then you just you dress us from head to toe and why you'd wear that, if you don't mind. You ready? Sounds great. You want me to go first, guys? Sure. All right. It is October 12th. I'm only going to hunt the evening set. I'm going to go out at 3 p.m. The temperature is going to be 60. When I'm walking out, I have a northwest wind averaging 8 to 12 miles an hour, gust up to 15. Uh, I'm going to sit until dark. I'm in a, uh, right on the edge of an oak ridge overlooking a combine soybean field with a food plot. What am I wearing? Well, I'll, I'll preface this with the same thing for every every uh, one of the scenarios we're talking about is setting your foundation first. So whether or not we're getting into early season or late season, you've got to start with a good foundation. So during that time of the year, depending on what you already own, I'm going to walk in with a, a very lightweight uh, base layer on. I'm going to go as light as I possibly can when I'm going in for the walk. And, um, so, you know, like a core lightweight, uh, synthetic top or a lightweight Merino, those are, those are all great choices. Or maybe if you were already hunting and you own the Equinox guard, that's going to be what I'm walking in with. This is, is the lightest uh, top that I can possibly get. Um, and then, um, uh, depending on how cold natured I am, I'm going to either have the Stratus bib on or just a you know, a regular like Equinox pants, something along those lines, but some sort of, you know, bottom. And I'm going to typically commit to my bottom. So if I'm walking in uh, with the, the bib and, and I'm worried about getting chilled, I'll definitely be venting as every single vent open while I'm walking in. So I'm basically walking in with nothing. Um, and then for my tops, uh, after I get up in the tree stand, just like you were talking about, I'm going to add uh, an insulation top. Uh, as the as the the hunt progresses and things get colder, so I'm, I usually have two things: is the ambient jacket, uh, or if if you already own it, that would be like something in the Celsius midi range. Um, but you know, a really lightweight puffy is going to stay in my kit all year round. And then if if I'm if I'm cold natured, uh, then maybe I'll have a Stratus vest to go on top of that just to help. So I could either add the ambient on. Uh, or I could add just the Stratus vest, but I'm not going to typically need a whole lot of insulation for that hunt. That's perfect. Perfect. Uh, Daniel. All right. I'm going to say early December, um, muzzleloader hunt, you're hunting public land. You're going to stage on like the side of a private cornfield. So you're going to be kind of set up in between, I guess. Um, 
high thirties during midday and then temps dropping at night, um, with snow coming in. Sorry, not as detailed as Wade. Oh, that was that's perfect. <laughs> it, it paints a picture because we've all been there. You know, I I already have the picture in my mind. Like and you're, where you're yeah, saying, you're walking a ways. Yeah. You got a boomstick. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think what you're you're talking about in that uh, particular situation is again, we're going to have a good lightweight foundation. So this is the number one mistake that I see people make is you know the later season they don't think about having their lightweight bottoms. So for that moving in on the trip, just make sure that you have a good uh, lightweight base layer on or some sort of good base layer on because no matter what you add to the top, if you get your foundation wrong, it's just like building your house on sand, right? Uh, it's, it's not going to work as well as it should. So that's what I'm going to say. And then you really have two choices um, for that commute into your stand. It's either the incinerator or the fanatic. Um, and those two systems, I get a, that's really number one of the number one questions I get is which should I use, the incinerator or the fanatic? And I would say based off what you're looking for in a waterproof, like if you're somebody that's super, super concerned about uh, having the quietest and warmest thing possible, uh, I would go with fanatic and you're not going to be hunting in super wet conditions. Um, but when you were talking about that 30 degrees temperature that you're talking about, and maybe you're often facing that where it's like kind of a sleeting snow, um, the incinerator is a great choice for that. And I would just choose between those two, uh, based off what type of conditions you're going to get. So, you know, and often like a very wet snow, um, or if you're going to often be commuting long distances, uh, in those types of conditions, then the incinerator may be your best choice, but. An incinerator is frigid, cold conditions, waterproof. Uh, Fanatic is exceptionally quiet, frigid conditions, windstopper. So both of them have an insulation package in them. Um, going to go in and probably walk in with my bib vented. Uh, if it's not more than, you know, several hundred yards, if I'm, if I'm commuting a mile, everything's getting rolled up and packed into my pack, uh, either, you know, attached to the pack with, with straps on the end, um, but then if I'm only going to be going a little bit, I'll commit to my bottom tent, walk in, get to the tree stand, might even be walking in with only a lightweight base layer on for my top, getting up in the tree, adding, you know, my insulation. Again, the ambient's going to roll out, come on, and then uh, as I cool down more, adding the incinerator or the fanatic. So hopefully that explains uh, your options. Absolutely. All right, Jacko, are we going to South Dakota? Yep. Uh, <laughs> All right, so I would say, like, October 20th to 30th, and I don't want to break out the Fanatic. I want to know what I want to layer underneath my Stratus, and I got the wind blowing right in my face at 10 miles an hour. So around, like, that lower 30s, maybe even 20s in the morning as we get, you know, closer to November, but I don't want to break out the Fanatic yet. What am I going to use to layer to stay the warmest with the Stratus? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the ambient uh, jacket is definitely going to go in there. Uh, depending on, I would say between the ambient jacket or hoodie, think about where you're sitting uh, in what you have in your kit. So I always say, like, I need another hood, like I need a hole in the head, uh, because <laughs> if you own the core lightweight hoodie, 
and you own the ambient hoodie, and then you own the Stratus jacket, all three of those have a hood. <laughs> so take a look at what you have in your kit, and the odds are the max you're going to want is just like one, maybe two, if it's a lightweight hood in between. Uh, don't stack yourself three hoods deep. You're probably not going to have the best day. Um, and so typically in that situation, I'm going to just throw on, if I'm wearing a Fanatic hoodie for the walk-in, pack it. Uh, when I get to the base of the tree, climb up, and then um, as the temperature starts to drop, I'll add either a Stratus vest or a Stratus jacket. And if the wind's going to be blowing hard in my face like you're talking about, I'll probably be more or less relying on the Stratus jacket. Perfect. <clears throat> ah, that's three scenarios that kind of broke up the rest of our season. We didn't talk early season because we're past that. Um and you guys have, like, the Equinox Guard, you came out with the insect shield and also the material to keep mosquitoes and that away. That's on an earlier podcast you can listen to with Chris and myself. But, uh, all right, Chris, here is uh, some more crossfires. These are questions from customers that we did not edit. So if, if it sounds a little skewed, it's just it's straight out of their mouth onto the keyboard and to us. But here's the first question. You already answered it, but I want you to answer it again. Very, very short answers. What is the warmest piece of Sitka gear, and what is the coldest temp it will keep you warm in? Uh, warmest piece Sitka gear makes is the Fanatic system, and I've worn that down to negative 30 with proper layering under it. Nice. All right. All right, here's the second question. Are base layers really needed? If, you, if so, can I just wear any kind of long johns? What's, how long has it been since we said the word long john? <laughs> My gosh, this guy must be 90. Are, in, any kind of long johns, what's the difference? What temp should I wear base layers? Uh, so, number one, uh, I think I mentioned this before, you should always wear base layers, and you should always wear a good base layer. You can choose between synthetic or wool, but I typically advocate for people going, especially on their top, the lightest weight base layer possible, whether or not be a you know, um, the Merino program where it's like synthetic near your body and our heavyweight Merino for a cold weather hunt or a lightweight synthetic and then layering insulation. If you do not set your insulation or your base layer foundation properly, you will not move moisture through your system uh, as well as you could and you will have a bad day. Uh, I do hear this every so often. I bought a Stratus or I bought a Fanatic and I put it on over my jeans and my cotton base layer. And guess what? I was cold. And that's because you were wet near your skin and you're going to get that uh, thermal property where it's evaporates. It's like the, the heat's basically, it's sucking the heat off of you and you're going to feel cold. Uh, so that's, it's a little longer winded answer, but I, you know, if I were to shorten it, I'd say, yes, you have to wear, uh, base layer and go as wide as possible, especially with synthetic. Would you wear regular long johns? Cotton John, long johns? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, just wanted to make sure. <clears throat> Dad, if you're listening, listen up. White t-shirt and blue jeans don't work. All right, here we go. If you had a limited budget and could only buy one piece of Sitka to start, which piece are you buying and why? Uh, I would say, caveat, you have to have in your kit already lightweight or some sort of good foundational base layer, but Stratus jacket. 
uh, that's going to be something you can add insulation on. You can wear right over your lightweight base layer, uh, and it's going to get you through a good chunk of the system, whether windy, whether just cool, uh, and into some pretty cold temperatures. So the one thing that we did not talk about, um, the glove system and the hat system are kind of, they're here. You try them on. It's, it's fun to play with. But we didn't talk about packs. We talked about packing in some of our gear. But Sitka has uh, three of the most universal packs. They also have the tool belt uh, for the whitetail line. Give us a little rundown on your packs, like the Fanatic versus the cargo box tool bucket and in the days versus the tool belt. Yes, uh, happy to go through those. So um, first pack we'll go through is the Fanatic pack. Um, if you care a lot about being quiet in the woods, um, that's a pack I designed with uh, a, a gentleman named Jim Hold Jr. Uh, he is somebody that tra- tapes every inch of his tree stand uh, before you're allowed to go hunt at his place. He inspects all your gear. He's taping it all up. He watches you go up in a tree to make sure you can do your tree set quietly. He is the original silent fanatic. And so that's kind of, maybe you're not as fanatic as him, but you care a whole lot about being quiet in the woods. We took off everything on there that could potentially make any noise in the woods. So instead of, you know, plastic buckles or anything along those lines, uh, we have like a silent molly webbing. We've covered any, uh, parts uh, that are hard with some sort of overlay so that nothing can make noise. So that's the fanatic. Is that the, uh, not, not to interrupt you, is that the guy on the video with the, yes. like he has a little camp and it almost reminds me of kind of like a drill sergeant, real rugged looking yes. tough son of a gun. And yes. I, I love his moon boots, but I, I got a kick out of that because he's going through everybody's bows and he's like, you can't have that. It's too loud. Can't have it. It's too loud. So that's the guy that helped you with this. Yeah, Jim. Jim and I worked on that together. I'll be hunting with him this year. I do. I do enjoy going up to his place. But yes, he is uh, very. And his place is exceptionally quiet too. If you ever go up there, there's absolutely zero wind. There's zero leaves. It's definitely the quietest place I've ever hunted in my entire life. You have days where I've hunted and things are quiet. Where I hunt now, his place is like always quiet, and you can hear everything from miles away. Yeah, that's a really cool video, you know, where he, the, somebody's dropping you off and, like, he's actually stalking to the tree and then gets up, and it's it's pretty cool little video. Make sure you bring a bunch of moleskin for your bow. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, lots of hockey tape. He's a Canadian, <laughs> so that's, that's, not, Canadian, that's expected. Eh? Uh, all right, so sorry to cut you off there. We did the Fanatic. What's, uh, we got a bigger pack and then a smaller pack. Yeah, so uh, the tool bucket is another one. I would say this is your generalist or your 90 percent of people are going to have a good experience with this particular pack. And, th- and that's a tool bucket. So it's really built. It was the original pack ever developed with like a bucket style design. Um, so the idea behind it is you climb up into your tree, uh, you know, arranging all your gear. So how do I access everything from the outside in? Uh, then I'm sitting in the, the, the stand and be able to access all my gear. And then as I put it back together to climb down, everything has its place. And so just thinking about how that's done, uh, there's a drop lid on the front so that you can reach inside of the bucket and be able to see your gear really well. 
Um, and so it's, and that one's, uh, about, uh, uh, 1900 cubic inches. So, uh, both the fanatic pack and that one have roughly the same 1800, 1900 cubic inch, uh, capacity. Uh, so Fanatic's going to be a similar setup, but in a really quiet design. And then the tool bucket's going to be in, you know, a, a quiet design, but not exceptionally quiet and more of a traditional structured style pack where the fanatic pack is going to be collapsible. So those are, those are some uh, different setups, um, you know, whether or not you're queuing in, but if you're looking for a good whitetail pack, 90% of you are going to be very, very happy with the tool bucket. I love it. Chris, we, uh, again, right before I, I'm going to cut you loose here in just a second, <clears throat> it's okay to wash your Sitka. It is. It's actually good to wash your Sitka. Um, typically, what I do is, you know, if it's becoming stained or if you see, like, uh, especially on waterproof garments that maybe it's soaking into the face fabric, you know, wash it, put it in a high, hot dryer for a little while to see if that reactivates the DWR. If you still see it soaking in, it's, it's time to retreat. Um, with like a Granger's or something like that, like DWR, because you, you want that to basically not have a cold transfer. So if your face fabric's wetting out, um, and then typically what I do is I'll use, you know, ozone during season. Uh, and so like something like the fanatic, uh, you know, not going to have to wash that every hunt base layers. I'm going to wash, you know, quite often. Uh, but my fanatic system, I usually just come in, put in my ozone closet, run it for a bit, and then maybe store it away in, you know, some sort of a tote so it's ready ready to go uh, next time. So, um, But it is okay to wash here, and, you know, suspenders on all. I hear this often. Yeah, we might have just uh, lost him here for a second. But um, anyways, everybody else that's listening in, we have probably, Dan, you've been here the longest. We have more Sitka in this year than we've had in a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah, especially for the whitetail enthusiast. The big question that we have all the time is, well, when is it going to go on sale? Because it is an investment. Once or twice a year, Sitka runs a deal, and we honor that, and we run it through. But it's an investment, and it's something. Come in and try it on. Come in and ask us what we're using, why we're using it. Chris has got a ton of YouTube videos. We got some YouTube videos as well, but it, it just come in and feel the material and ask questions and we're here for you. We have a changing room. You can go try it on if you need to correct sizing. Some of it is sport fit. Some of it is regular fit and we're here for you. Right. The other thing too is if it's, if it's cold outside and windy, put a jacket on and walk out in the parking lot and exactly. see what Windstopper is all about. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, test the Gore-Tex. Yep. And Jack, I mean, Jack is, is hunting a lot. Dan's hunting a lot. I am. Keith is as well. Any of our other locations, Jason and Alex up in Brainerd have been already on the board doing a ton and they're all set up. Oh, there's Chris back to it. Let's see if he's there. He's still there, buddy. Well, you must've hang on. I got him here. Now you're back with us. I think Yes, I'm there, here. there you are. You had, you, you're probably out in the tree stand. <laughs> I wish <laughs> we were just talking about, uh, guys, guys and gals can come into the shop, try it on, walk out in the parking lot. If it's cold and windy, um, you guys have a ton of YouTube videos. We surely appreciate you being on and uh, you guys are kind of an open book. They can get a hold of you guys at Sitka and, and your customer service and they can walk you through if, if there's answers or questions that we cannot give you. 
And uh, like we were saying, Chris, is, is we got a ton of inventory in this year. So basically, it could be your one-stop shop. You can run in an entire system or you can get one article of clothing or a pack or gloves, um, hats, caps. And then we have apparel, uh, just casual apparel, I guess you could say, some super cool lids and T-shirts and sweatshirts. We have a ton of solid colors as well that we've never really carried uh, this year. But, Chris, we, we appreciate it. Um, we're going to let you get to work so we can get to work, and uh, hopefully you have an awesome season. Let us know how you did, and uh, we'll go from there. Absolutely. Have a great uh, season, and, uh, yes, absolutely feel free to call customer service or uh, if the, the shop can't answer your questions, um, our, our team there is always willing to help, and uh, we'll help you figure out the right piece of gear for your, your system. All right. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, everybody, for listening again. Check them out in the Brainerd location, also Waite Park or right here in Rogers. On behalf of everybody, Archery Country, have a great hunt. Thank you for listening to Archery Country Podcast.